0: I'll start it right now. Forget it. We're going.
1: We're going. Start going. The time are, is now, what right? What are we doing?
0: Where are we going?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Where are we going? We're going to Strength
0: Town, baby.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> that
0: sounds wonderful.
1: <laughs> what I, happens there? <laughs> I
0: saw a car the other day, and its license plate said Flavor Flavor Town. And it was not Guy Fieri. Because I pulled up so I could see. Because I was like, I think Guy Fieri lives in California or some, like some douchebag place like that. You know what I mean? It wasn't him. It was some young kid. It was was his son, evidently. Mm. Flavor, think he has
2: cooking in his kitchen?
0: (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know. I saw a truck once that said, muscle up. Muscle up. Muscle up. And I thought, that person probably doesn't have any friends.
2: Or there's a car that just said deadlift. So... He probably deadlifts, like... You think
1: he deadlifts his car on
2: a regular basis? probably deadlifts, like, a, about 100 pounds. At what point? Like, I, I like deadlifting,
0: but, like, you need to get it on your ice to play. Maybe. You can't have one that's just, like, X, Y, one two three four or whatever, like everybody else? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. They want
1: to be easily identified by the popo.
0: Well, that's the first mistake. <laughs> uh-huh. Speaking of deadlifting... <laughs> What are we talking about on this day? Part two of a three-part series. Yeah. Three-part after-school special.
1: After-school special.
0: About oh, about really. not doing drugs.
1: Yes. Don't do drugs. Dare. Is that still a thing, Ray? Nope. No, not a thing? Nah, they gave, they gave up just on let it, that. They just let
2: it go. No. Said, you know uh, what? We're all set.
0: That's all right.
1: That's yeah. so sad. Well, today we're going to talk about strength progressions.
0: Yes. So specifically, uh, last time in episode one, so if you didn't hear that one, and you're interested in this whole uh, broader topic, we talked about progression within a hypertrophy training block. And so today we're going to talk about progressing within a strength training block and how that is different from uh, hypertrophy. So... I think the big thing that we want to start with is understanding what the main focus of the training block. And so even when we trade training block, we're saying uh, we're referring to probably two to three mesocycles. So two to three, four to eight week uh, training cycles with a, with a general overall goal in this case, which is to to get stronger to and then to express that strength maximally at the end of that. So it's really important to understand the focus of a training block. Uh, and I actually wanna start this element by an anecdote that we were talking about last night about your focus right now. So we were talking about um, you know maximally expressing certain things like squatting and whether that fits in with your training right now. So tell the people a little bit about what we were talking about because you were saying you're uh, you know you're in a, a fat loss phase right now and training for hypertrophy so you know kind of the expectation that your numbers would stay the same is that ultimately realistic? <laughs> your strength numbers no no
1: <laughs> definitely not
0: no so I think the, the thing the takeaway basically was that as you train for something else even within resistance work, you're still lifting weights but the goal is different. So the your numbers, you know, the day where you come in after a, a a codified block of working really hard toward, you know, one rep maxing, those numbers aren't aren't stagnant. You just don't walk in any time after that and you can hit those numbers again. That's not how it works for anything other than beginners. Um, so what we're talking about is really, being entirely focused on getting as strong as you can, understanding that necessarily that means putting some other stuff on the back burner or, or at maintenance volume, et cetera. Um, so, Rye, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, kind of where you see this falling into maybe your training and, and how you programming it, for, oh, goodness, program it for other people? yeah i had trouble with english my first Yikes. time too <laughs> Jeepers, but, well you're am excited uh, huh? you know what i
2: mean uh yeah so for me with my own uh training it kind of or at least recently the past six months to a year have kind of gone back and forth between hypertrophy which we talked about last week and then um strength which we're obviously talking about now so it would be a uh, hypertrophy cycle, and then I would switch to strength cycle and then focus on that for a little bit, kind of strengthening the muscle that I just grew and then, uh, test out, which we did maybe a month or so ago with our little powerlifting mock meat thing, and then switch back to hypertrophy. And then obviously, as we've talked about before, kind of adding or taking away aerobic activity, kind of depending on where you're at within that and what your goals are looking like. Um, So, kind of just cycling back and forth between those, so it's relatively 50-50 for the most part, depending kind of on what's going on, and for most of uh, how I program, usually, um, if it's a relatively new client with someone who doesn't have a super high training age, so someone who hasn't been working out for like years and years and years and years, it's probably best to start them on a hypertrophy based cycle rather than going straight into strength training and trying to express maximal lifts, because you can't, you can't actually express it. So then there's no, your body doesn't have the neural pathways to do it. So you can't, you can't do it. So it's with programming. Usually we start maybe on a hypertrophy and then eventually you'll switch to uh, strength and then start to cycle back and forth. Um, So it kind of just depends on your
0: training age. So, Amanda, you know, if we look at differentiating training and maybe in our case, programming between the two, what are the big things that stick out to you in terms of differences between, say, programming or training for strength versus training for muscle growth? All right. Sounds good.
1: (laughs) I I was reading and... Not paying attention to the question at it's hand. Just, so one more time. Just had a long day, oh, folks. Boy.
0: So, <laughs> if you're so, tell me a little bit about first. Let's talk about uh, focus day to day. So if you're training for strength, what would your rep range for most uh, movements tend to look like?
1: Uh, so in the lower rep range, right? So maybe like three to six reps. Uh, for the majority of people, especially starting in their initial strength training block.
0: Okay. And then, so as they progress through that, would that number of reps move up or down generally? Down. Down. Okay. So that's really our first air, two areas that we're going to look at is the primary way that we differentiate strength from hypertrophy training is how we progress. So on, Hypertrophy, and you can listen to the previous episode if you're interested in this. Primary progression is through volume. You're adding sets, potentially adding reps, and almost, you know, in many cases, adding weight, depending on the movement, week over week. So you're you're doing more in that case to progressively overload your system and cause your muscles to get bigger. With regard to strength, primarily our, our way of progression is intensity, which is just a different way of saying weight. Week over week, you're going to do stuff heavier. So, week one, you hit five sets of five of back squat at 225. Week two, it's 230. Week three, it's 240, and so on and so on and so on. So, as that weight increases, there becomes a point where you can't hit sets of five at a given weight anymore. Like, you can't physically do it. You will fail at four or three or whatever. And so, as coaches, we're anticipating that, so as your intensity increases, your number of reps decreases. Um, and we do this also with sets. So when you get to the point where you're at really heavy weights, at the beginning of your block, you might've been doing say six working sets, towards the end, it might be three or four, just because it's so physically taxing for you that you just can't, you, you can't do six. It's, it's dangerous to ask you to do six. So that's the first thing. The other parameters that we would look at potentially are, and we talked about obviously reps, so reps are going to go down. Volume is this number of sets, so that's going to tend to decrease over a training block. The other thing we're going to look at is frequency. And so frequency is really interesting, and this is really what we're going to talk about in our next episode of how you determine frequency. So, but for right now, we're gonna leave it as frequency is like how often you engage in a movement pattern. So are you benching two, three or four times a week? That's frequency. So tell us a little bit about, we're gonna go back to Amanda. We're gonna give her another shot. She's warm now, she's been stretching in the corner. Tell us a little bit about intensity more specifically. So in terms of like your one rep max, if you're training for strength, where do you want to be and how do we want to progress?
1: Uh, so you want to progress, assuming that this is a number that's realistic, right? Like we're not basing this on a one rep max that you hit like seven years ago and have never hit it since. Like right. that, that doesn't make any sense, right? glory day, one rep max. <laughs> this is a realistic like number that if you walked in the gym and we asked you, you could hit this relatively easily. Um, And so we're going to keep you at about 75 to 90% of that number throughout your training block increasing as you go.
0: So is it like, how does that work? Is it like, Like I'm back squatting Monday and I'm going to back squat again on Thursday. So it's like I smash 75% on Monday and then Thursday, like, let's go for it. Straight to 90. Straight to 90. Straight to 90. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, definitely
1: not. (laughs) It would be very like small increment jumps. Like this is where we get into those weird kind of percentages, right? Like you're at 75% your next day. You may be at like 77 and a half. So very small jumps, very small increase increases as you go through your training block. Again, you may be in this cycle for anywhere from four to eight weeks, right? So again, it doesn't make sense to advance you in week one or week two from 75% to
0: 90%. Yeah, it sort of defeats the purpose. And a lot of times, and it's an interesting conversation to have with clients because you have to sort of talk them down because initially in a strength, Uh, block the weights aren't super hard they're not challenging and that's on purpose It's because you have all this runway that you're going to use um, and the goal is not to take you from 0 to 10 in three weeks the goal is to use basically the low-hanging fruit or the fruit that's lying on the ground um, to refer back to our last podcast uh, to get you stronger so if you can get stronger hitting set working sets at 75% and you don't get appreciably more strong hitting them at 83%, but it's much more fatiguing to do the latter. Well, why in the world would you not use 75? It's only when 75 starts to lose its efficacy that we need to move up and be progressive. So that's our primary determinant of building strength is we're going to hit sets of three to six between 75 and 90 percent. so now all right so let's throw a wrench into that what if you have a client and they don't know their one rep max or you've progressed them uh, and so maybe before they were your client they had hit some numbers but now basically and we we have this happening right now it's it's funny to see their old one rep max is now a warm-up weight for them it is not even a working set so then percentages go out the window. So as a coach, and this is for both of you, how do you approach that? Where where are we guiding them, right? Because otherwise, because you don't have that parameter.
1: Yeah. So as Rai said earlier, you know, when we start working with a client, especially if they are new to training, hypertrophy is going to be where they start. And so when we're looking at numbers and hypertrophy, you can kind of, as a coach, especially with the experience that we have kind of make a a pretty good guess at what a good starting number would be for them, or something that would be very challenging as a one rep for them, and then kind of base their programming off of that.
2: Yeah, I think it's, you can look at other factors that are going into it. So you can say, well, like, how sore are you? Maybe give them like a scale of one to 10, how challenging was, you know, last week's weight. If they they don't have a one rep max or they've already passed it. Um, And then you can kind of take your principles that you've been using of you look at, you know, you're adding percentages and that percentage may be, you know, five or 10 pounds every week. You can kind of continue to go maybe five pounds at a time and just really stay in check with like, you know, how sore they are, how fatigued they are, Um, you know, kind of the rate of perceived effort for each lift or each set and then that'll kind of give you some some beacons as to where they are at and you can cross-reference that with how you know it should feel. So if, they, if you know how a 90% lift should feel, then you can kind of match that with how they are feeling right now so you can do more or less or kind of build a map from there.
0: Yeah, I, I really like the idea of using RPE or rate of perceived exertion or rate of perceived effort, same thing. Um, especially on a one to 10 scale, because it's really easy for people to understand that. And it's easy to articulate. Another thing, even that can be a little bit of a learning curve for people to be able to rate what is RPE seven, what is eight and a half, and understanding what is 10, like 10 out of 10, like that was a maximal exertion. You could not do another rep, you could not do more weight. Um, Sometimes what we can do as coaches, is evaluate certainly technique, but you can evaluate bar speed. And so a good classic example of this is if you're spotting someone doing the bench press, their first several reps, they have really, really good bar speed and you're watching them and everything looks great. And it's when their bar speed starts to slow down that you know they're starting to get into the upper echelons of rate of perceived exertion and that you as a spotter need to really be paying attention and watching. So as from the coaching eye, and this is obviously the benefit of, of working on site with people where we're programming for them and then we're watching them execute the programming is you can see how appropriate a given weight was for someone. And so if you they come in on a certain weight and you have them programmed to back squat 200 pounds and they absolutely smash it, you know that you can continue to progress, maybe say by 10 pounds or five pounds or whatever your previous rate of progression was if they are grinding all their sets and they need to cut it a rep short on two of them, you know, that, that that's probably, uh, you know, an area where we may need to stick or we may to certainly need to slow down our progression. So there's a little bit of meeting the the client or meeting the athlete where they are. And, and I think certainly the takeaway from this, if you're not working with a coach, but you still want to do these things is starting to develop a little bit of that language for yourself. So hitting a set and evaluating it based on, okay, so was that seven out of 10, eight out of 10, nine out of 10, six out of 10, where does that fall? Um, And maybe allowing yourself to get away from percentages because we know that 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 can be, it can be a good indicator, but certainly not perfect. So we talked about intensity, we talked about reps, we talked about volume, frequency, we're gonna get farther into next time, because that is, gender difference, but the the thing that we can also guide to use frequency or guide frequency with is things like helping a client calculate their MEV, their MRV. So what the minimum amount they can benefit from and the maximum amount they can recover from in a given week Um, and doing that basically in, in terms of movement patterns. We can also start to look at, in terms of determining frequency, Uh, client's age. So Rai is two decades younger than me. On average, all things being equal, he can handle a lot more volume than I can. He can recover from more than I can if everything else is held equal. We're going to look at things like training age. How long have you been working out? And that ties directly into physical strength. So someone who's extremely strong, you know, a 600-pound squatter, a 700-pound squatter, generates so much more fatigue than someone who is say 150 pound squatter, that that dictates how often they can do certain movement patterns, right? If you bench press 500 pounds, you can't bench four times a week. That's not how it works. You can bench, bench press like one and a half times a week. So we're looking at those sorts of things on, a, on an individual basis to guide programming. And that's, again, that's part of the benefit of what we do is we're looking at that you know, basically by the person. So why don't we talk a little bit about um, kind of phases of a general strength block. So we can break it into two. And we have basically have been talking about the first one this whole time, which is general strength. So general strength is where you're physically trying to make someone stronger, three to six reps, 75 to 90%. The next one is interesting and the one that's often not as well known to trainees, and that is peaking. So why don't you guys tell me a little bit about peaking, either in your own experience or how you program it for people?
2: Yeah, so I think peaking is exactly what it sounds like. You are reaching the summit of what you are kind of chasing down. So um, you're really, if you think of it like like a mountain with a peak, the bottom of it is wider and uh, there's more volume kind of under it. And then as you go up, it's going to get narrower and narrower until you reach the peak. And that kind of matches what we're talking about. So your uh, intensity is your your volume may drop, but you're going to get heavier and heavier and slowly build into uh, whatever you're kind of peak maybe. So whether that you could look at that as like a physique, if we're talking about uh, hypertrophy or here for strength training, that would be maybe a a competition or just a a test out of a one rep max for whatever you guys are doing. Um, But it's exactly what it sounds like you're building, you're bringing things down a little bit to really refine um, your intensity and your weights to get to that final little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think for, for uh, at least for our clients, it's kind of a focus on wherever it is that they've indicated they want to get stronger, right? So if we have a client that has specifically said, like, these specific lifts are important to me, uh, I want to be stronger in the powerlifting lifts, right? So deadlift, squat, bench press, then their strength cycle is going to be focused around those three lifts, specifically improving to where they may test out at a three rep max or one rep max, whatever it is that they're truly trying to express at that point. Um, And so their peaking phase is centered around progressing them at that upper end, right? That 90 to potentially a new one rep max, right? So if we think about like 101%, uh, assuming they knew what their original one rep was going into the strength cycle.
0: Yeah, I think it's, so if you think about it as we're going to narrow our focus, so we're going to take out a lot of the variation. So if we think about general strength phase, you might be squatting, but you might be doing split squats and lunges and and things that are variants of of unilateral and bilateral, say squatting. Uh, As we get into peaking, we're going to start to take a lot of that stuff out and we're just going to be doing what you're going to test. And so the idea behind that is we, we need to practice that. And specifically what we need to practice is you say taking the bar out and it's really heavy on your back and you smash a single and you put it back in and you get used to that and you practice that so when it matters not only does this uh, give you a greater chance at greater expression quite frankly it also gives you a greater chance at safer maximal expression obviously that is a pr- the primary goal for us and so we need to have people practice and it's unfortunate sometimes you see people try to just out of nowhere hit maximal lifts like it's it's extremely dangerous because they're not used to doing it and if you make a small error you can have like potentially a catastrophic injury so a big part of what we do is practicing doing that and basically starting to talk about also what to do if things go sideways on you so you can escape it and the sun keeps coming up and things are fine um so yeah narrowing your focus narrowing your rep range smash it, put it back in, and then do some drop sets and go from there. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about, favorite part, we saved it for the last six and a half minutes, errors and misconceptions in uh, strength-focused training. So I want to turn it over to you guys, and then I'll just go on a rant at the end uh, of what you guys think are errors and misconceptions in this uh, world in terms of programming, perception, etc. cetera. Uh, well, kind of like I mentioned at the beginning, like not not everyone
2: can necessarily do it right out of the gate so even if your goal if you have never been in the gym before but your goals are to get stronger in general you are still going to get stronger in that case from hypertrophy training and you're not going to actually you're going to kind of set yourself up for injury and potentially failure if you just go straight into strength training and maximal expression which is kind of for the most part kind of the end result of what we're talking about um so i think that's kind of one misconception is there has to be they kind of go hand in ha- hand and you have to have if you're going to do it right you have to have been doing it for a while and you it can't be intermixed so you can't it can't be like well yesterday i'm you know i'm doing my her- hypertrophy stuff today I'm going to do uh, my strength stuff. So I'm just getting the best of both worlds. And I'm going to, I don't, I can basically not even listen to the rest of the podcast because I have everything figured out. <laughs> you can't, uh, its it's like one or the other. You can't, you can't like be the best sprinter in the world and then also be the best marathon runner in the world. You can't, you have to train for one or train for the other. And then if you want to, you can do the other one later. So I think you kind of have to, except it's going to be one or the other and you can't just do both at the same time.
1: Yeah. So not just at the same time, but like even within the same training day, right? Like, so I'm not going to come in and do a set of 10 back squats for a few sets and then like go from there and go like to sets of seven and then down to sets of three and then be like, all right, you're right. Now it's time. I'm going to PR. I feel great. I've done 50 squats already, right? Like you're not going to end up with what you want, which is to express the back squat in the most optimal way. You want to take the time to focus on getting to that point and building that over the course of several weeks or several months to get you to the point where your body is ready to express that specific lift.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the big thing is is we're, really what we're talking about is phasic training. And that if you want optimal results, and it's not to say that you actually can't do these things. Clearly you can. Like there's not like a boulder that falls from the sky if you do a sets of 10 and then later in the same week in the same movement pattern you do sets of 5, you're allowed to do that. What we're saying is if you want optimal results, your best bet is to engage with phasic training. So you have phases where you're focused on hypertrophy and phases where you're focused on strength and maybe even phases depending on what you're interested in when you focus on say power development which is a whole different thing but the idea and nobody does this no high level athletes strength athletes or power athletes do this uh, the idea is not to try to blend all three you take power lifting hypertrophy Olympic weightlifting, they don't train like that, or at least people who are who are functioning on a hot, really, really high level. Nobody trains like that. Um, so you need to have a singular focus for optimal results. And when you don't when you try to blend them and cheat the system, you just cheat yourself, basically, because you have at best suboptimal results.
1: And I think that kind of goes back to two weeks ago when we talked about injuries, right? Like you're putting yourself at a higher risk of injury, Um, because your body can't handle the, the, the constant changes of, of what is it that you're doing, especially after you get to a certain training age, um, you know, as a beginner, you're good at everything. And so to a certain extent, as you begin to learn, you can't express true strength. Um, so some of these rules may not apply to you, uh, but again, we're, we're talking about when we want to, focus our training in a particular manner and in this case today strength
0: yeah for sure Uh, another misconception real quick is that uh, strength equals muscle mass Uh, so you can so so you can do sets of five and you will put on muscle mass but it is not as efficacious as doing say sets of say between eight and 30 depending on what it is just not Sets of three don't put on a lot of muscle mass. So this, while there is like a little bit of a Venn diagram crossover between strength and hypertrophy, they really uh, function or are developed in two fundamentally different ways. So obviously it goes back to our last point that we just need to take some time to focus on them. So last words, we're going to turn it to Coach Rye to lay it out for everybody. Strength training. Strongest pound-for-pound pound person at the table. Ready, set, go. Um, I feel I'd like say, that was
1: wrong. At least according to our last uh, test out of movement. I think overall.
2: We throw in some other lifts there. And then <laughs> <laughs> we take out the one that one person has done for a couple years and the other person has done for my whole life.
0: That predates you. and slanging bench just when you're a glint in my eye. Uh, <laughs> All right, last thirty seconds. Tell
2: us something. I Tell us something great. That kind of like I said, you can't. You have to accept that you. Not everyone's going to be able to do it right away. You can do it eventually, but you may have to do. There may be some stepping stones before you get there. You talk to your coach about that.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the biggest part is that it is important to have the appropriate progressions, especially if you are looking to get stronger.
0: And that's what we want. We want to get strong. We want to be jacked. We'll see you next week.
1: See ya.